The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Digital World with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. Importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo and help your organization move forward in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're absolutely in the right place. We are Digital World with Game Changers Radio, and the world certainly is digital. The buzz today, I have a couple of buzzwords. Seriously, social, put them together, and what have you got? Seriously, social, really? Yes. Let me get started. Social media is the real deal. How? Well, listen up. It can help you achieve and surpass your customer support goals. That's right. I use those three words, customer support goals, not just kids play anymore. Who says this is happening? Key findings from a 1,000 company research study. You have to take it seriously when the pool of research is that substantial. Here are some facts you may want to know up front. More service interactions are taking place over social channels. That's right. And integrating your social media activity with your customer engagement strategies, put them all together and combine your social channels with your other channels. And guess what? You are going to get the best results. So I asked this question to our listeners and companies all over the world. Are you there yet? Well, if you haven't come on board, if you're not a believer, if you don't get it yet, that social is serious. Seriously Social. We've invited a panel of three experts to help us figure this out and get you on track. So here we go. First up on the panel is Brent Leary. He's a co-founder and partner at CRM Essentials, and Brent has sent me a quote from Jeff Bezos. Those of you who've been hiding under a rock, Jeffrey Preston Jeff Bezos is an American business magnate and investor who happens to be the founder and CEO of Amazon. Under his guidance, Amazon.com became the largest retailer on the web and a top model for internet sales. In case you're interested, his personal wealth is valued at about thirty-four four point eight billion. I said that, ranking him number 15 on the Forbes list of billionaires with a B. Here's the quote. We see our customers as invited guests to a party, and we are the hosts. It's our job every day to make every important aspect of the customer experience a little bit better. Brent Leary, welcome. How are you? How are you, Brent? It's been too long. What you been up to? It's been way too long. I think I've been up to adding to uh, Bezos' $34.8 billion in uh, net worth. I shop a lot on Amazon. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad you're a contributor. Does he send you a thank you note once in a while, Brent? You think, you know, a little, maybe a text or something, but no, just an uh, invoice, you know. That's how it goes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Talk about seriously social. <laughs> well, my goodness, we need to get him some manners. Brent, welcome back, and, and a shout-out to you and your family, and, and you know why. Uh, by the way, uh, it's time for us to talk about the Jeff Bezos quote. So customers as invited guests, tell me, how does this relate to our topic of seriously social today? Well, you know, Jeff has kind of been setting the, the, the blazing the trail for how customer engagement is done on the web since 1994. And so uh, that quote is really hits to the home of things. And when you think about it, uh, you know, you want to have good guests at a party, you've got to show them a good party. And you've got to continually, continuously show them a good time or what, they'll leave. And so it, it, it really makes sense. And then the other side of that. It's our job every day to make every important aspect of the customer experience a little bit better. So how do you make a party better? You try to you try as best as you can to improve it. Better drinks, better music, the better <laughs> environment. And so it's never an ending. It's always a, you know, kind of a, a journey, as we hear customer journey being said so much. And it's really true. And the best way to create a successful, long, happy journey is to always constantly be trying to improve the experience that people have. So both aspects of that quote fit so perfectly with where we are today, particularly when it comes to business and the integration of social into uh, customer engagement. And it's all about hopefully making that experience just a little bit better every day. Thank you, Brent. A couple things come to mind. I've been in stores, in brick-and-mortar retail stores, where they say, uh, welcome to our guests, or we hope you have a good guest experience. It, it, it always just feels a little uncomfortable, but I get the point. I do get the point. But if you think about the parties we throw, Brent, I don't know what kind of parties you throw. I don't throw too many, but they're important to me. I want my guests to have a good time. I want them to stay not too late so I can get to bed, clean up and go to bed. But if they're great guests, I want to invite them back. So in this case, in this, in this business guest, uh, paradigm we're talking about here, customer is guest. You really want them to stay as long as they want to stay and you want them to keep coming back. So it's shifted the idea of the customer is guest from the, the party guest. Would you agree that there's a slightly different shift in what we want from them? Absolutely. I mean, let's face it. Sometimes, uh, you know, when we throw a party, uh, we want to invite the folks that we want and only the folks that we want. But businesses, not only do uh, they invite folks that they know about, but they want the people that they know about to also tell tell other folks, "Hey, this is a great party we're at, man. You're gonna you ought to come over here and be a part of it," because that's how businesses scale. You know, they need more customers to to grow the business. And the best way to get new business is from current customers referring them. And so, hey, if, if a business wants to throw a party, they don't mm-hmm. want to restrict the amount of, uh, of folks that come to the party by just who they know. They want those folks to go and tell the world how great the party is and have those folks come in there, too. And, and what's nice, Brand, about the, the Internet business model is that the party's always on. It's 24-7, 365, <laughs> 366, anywhere in the world, any time of the day or night, any holiday, you name it. It's open, and you can be a guest. Love it. Thanks for a great opening quote, Brent, and welcome back again. Been too long, my friend. And let's welcome our second panelist. He is Joe Hughes. He is the lead for EY's Emerging Cloud Applications Practice. And Joe has sent me an interesting quote from TR. Yes, that's Theodore. Roosevelt, the American 26th President of the United States. And here's the quote. In any moment of decision, 
The best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. <laughs> it sounds a little bit to me like when I was learning binary math. It's either a one or a zero. It's off or on. Get over it. Get over it. Joe Hughes, thanks for the quote from Teddy Roosevelt. How are you, Joe? I'm good. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, yeah, that quote is really important, and it speaks to one of the conundrums right now in social media and getting serious about it is how do we maintain digital conversations on the web the same way as the two of you just talked about it in the store. When someone walks in the store, you try and engage with them. You try and have a conversation with them. You want to make them feel welcome. Well, how do we do that on social media? We need to do that on social media. That's what engagement really means. Do we have the guts to fund that? I think everybody messed with social media a little bit where they said, okay, there's an alarm bell out there. There could be a public crisis, so I need to at least pay attention to social media for the really burning issues. And then some folks said, well, I can maybe get some call deflection, um, avoid some calls to my call center by using social media. But what's happening now is that, you know, customers do want to talk to you about various issues. Uh, Brent and I were at a, a panel at Social Media Shakeup last month, who was also a fellow sponsor of this study. And the head of social for Whole Foods pointed out how customers ping them regularly about GMO foods. Well, that's mm-hmm. not a complaint. Well, that's not a compliment. But it's a dialogue. Yeah. So what's the funding level that we should put in to have that dialogue? Because if, if someone wants to talk to you, you ought to talk back. You have to be polite. You have to try and engage with them. But we do have to still run a business and engage at the right level. So everybody needs to come up from zero. Everybody needs to do something. There's way too many communities out there, um, social and I would include community forums, where, you know, other than moderation of severe comments, there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of conversation. And that's the next level of engagement on social, which takes some additional technologies and some additional efforts, but it doesn't cost a fortune. It just takes some coordination and, and a commitment to say, hey, digital conversations are just as important as in person, and depending on your business model, they may be the only conversations you have. Very well put, Joe. I have a question for you. Do you think there's a fear factor out there that some companies have dipped their toe into the waters of social? They know it's serious, as I said in the intro, seriously social, but they're not quite sure what to do with it. They might have a very strong board directive that says, be careful what you say, don't engage, maybe they're going to be nasty, and they're just looking for those complaints, as you mentioned. They're looking for some catastrophic jabs that they are prepared. In other words, there are people who are on social, the social desk do if you will, are, are ready to answer something that's negative, but they're not really in a chatty, hey, let's all be friends and come shop here more mode. Do you think it's a fear or inexperience that's keeping them from engaging in that digital conversation, Joe? I think a lot of comp- there maybe there is a little bit of fear, but a lot of companies have realized that the same policies you expect in store apply on the web. And I think the monitoring tools and the tools to enable people to talk back have gotten a lot more sophisticated to control the egregious mm-hmm. examples, but that word needs to get out there, right? Um, that commitment needs to be there. Um, but what's great now is instead of just us 
as consultants and analysts saying, hey, you know, you company ought to do this. The study clearly showed um, half of the respondents felt that they needed to do more in social media. They needed to be more coordinated and they needed to be more integrated. And that's, that's you know, that's the key of the thousand people, right? A thousand companies, you know, half of them said, I got to do more. Mm-hmm. That's a big shift, right? Four yeah. years ago, we were saying you ought to, you ought to, you ought to, and people were saying maybe, let's try it. But now, um, you know, half half the market has come around and said, I got to do more. Well, at least there's an awareness. That's definitely a, a step in the right direction. I just want to riff off of your quote for a moment before we bring on our third panelist. We did a show yesterday, Joe, called Financial Excellence with Game Changers, and Bruce McQuaig, who is at SAP in the, in the GRC Governance, Risk, and Compliance Solutions area, sent the following quote from Russell Acoff, and I think you'll appreciate it. He said, getting the right thing wrong is better than putting the wrong thing right. Most of our current problems are the result of policymakers and managers busting a gut to do the wrong thing right, et cetera, et cetera. So just something about doing it right, doing it right the first time, stepping up, not doing nothing. I'll just leave that one on the table. Thank you, Joe. Good introduction, and thanks for your POV on this topic. And let me welcome another longtime, too far away person from SAP who hasn't been on with me in ages. It's Reza Sudagar. He's a senior director in customer engagement and commerce group at SAP. And he sent me the following Clay Christensen quote. And Clay Christensen, that's Clayton M. Christensen, uh, is a the Kim B. Clark Professor of Business Administration at the Harvard Business School, and et cetera, et cetera. Very very well-known guru of business, and here's the quote. If you defer investing your time and energy until you see that you need to, chances are it will already be too late. And this is a perfect segue from what Joe Hughes just talked about. Reza, how are you? Very well, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. I, well, this is exactly what Joe was talking about. I think the, mm-hmm. uh, what you're seeing more and more uh, companies a bit dragging, I mean, really going at two speeds. You have one segment of the market embracing social, building a social business, going completely digital, really looking at it from a different angle. And you have companies who are dragging their feet. Maybe, they're, maybe they have some presence on Facebook and Twitter, but really there's no commitment uh, of uh, seriously looking at uh, social as the channel of communication. On the other side, you have companies like Uber and B&B. They've built their business. They've gone beyond social media. It's about that social culture of sharing, of transparency, of communication, of openness. And this is the revolution. This is the transformation that we're seeing today. Um, if companies uh, could continue to kind of put their hands, put their sorry, put their head in the sand and ignore social, ignore this change of behavior. I mean, forget the technology. It's really a behavior change across the, the customer base, be it B two B or B two C. It will be a huge issue going forward for many companies uh, because customers are expecting that level of engagement, and if they don't see that, they will move on. You will lose trust, you will lose authenticity, and you would actually lose the uh, very effective way of engaging with customers if you don't invest uh, in the right social channels with the right strategy and the right consistency. 
and the right people. I think it has to come all the way down to people. Would you agree, Reza? We were talking Absolutely. to Joe about Absolutely. And when I asked Joe about the fear factor, you're putting a person, a real person is communicating over social with another hopefully real person, not a bot or a spam bot. That's why we have all those cute little gamification tests. Click this. Move the par- car into the parking spot to prove you're a real person and not a bot, some kind of bot. So anyway, it's, it comes down to real people, and that's what we're going to be talking about in addition to everything else. Reza, thank you so much for the great quote and those of you listening in case you haven't guessed it yet our topic is social get serious but we're going to extend that title to customer experience management tools we're going to give you some practical insights and tips from my three great panelists brent leary at crm essentials joe Hughes at ey reza sudegard sap but before we take a break uh, 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 you know what's coming we got to dial it over back to brent leary and find out brent where are you calling from what time of the day is it If you're drinking something amazing, I want to know, or tell me otherwise what your favorite beverage story is. Brent Leary, talk to me. I am uh, back home in the great city of Atlanta, Georgia, where it's already like 85 degrees, going on to, I believe, somewhere in the neighborhood of 99 degrees. But, hey, it is hot Atlanta. Um, So it is 10, 18 a.m. here on the Mm -hmm. East Coast. Yep. And I am drinking, I, I go to, you know, every time, now and again, I go to Dunkin' Donuts. And during the summer months, they break out the culotta. And so this morning I decided to go with the strawberry culotta. It's a nice, refreshing drink, gets you going. I don't drink coffee, so I need something to get going. And that is what is getting me going today. Oh, that sounds delicious. What's in a culotta? Do you know? You have any idea? It's a C-O-O-L-A-T-T-A. It's, what is it? Exactly. It might have just made up, uh, Dunkin' Donuts might have just made that word up. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a, it's almost sort of like a morning slushy. Uh, and it's, uh, I have the strawberry favored, uh, culotta, which, uh, it's really just on a, on a day where it's already 85 degrees, perfect drink for me right now. Well, I'm there on their page. I'm looking at a picture of a strawberry culotta. It's making me feel better because it's a little hot here around Long Island, Brent. And uh, it contains milk and soy and a frozen neutral base with all kinds of good stuff in it, strawberry puree, sugar, natural artificial flavor, lime juice concentrate, and red 4-0, red 40. That's why I like it because it's red, Brent. You should have known that. <laughs> You're talking my color drink here. Thank you very much. Joe Hughes, where are you? What time of day is it? And What's in your cup, or what do you wish you were drinking, Joe? Uh, I'm also in Atlanta. It is also, as Brent said, <laughs> very hot here. Hot. Um, and uh, so I, I drink a, uh, a collection of things. This morning, though, um, my standard uh, Coke Zero gets me going, um, and that's key, as well as the occasional uh, Sunkiss 10 and some other drinks. Um, the miracle ingredient in those things um, is um, a sulfame K, a sulfame potassium, which most people probably never noticed, but that's the difference with zero and, and Diet Coke, and it's it's what takes some of the aftertaste out. Ah. And it's also enabled wonderful things like um, Sunkiss 10, if you've ever wanted orange soda with caffeine, um, and only 10 calories. It's just a touch of high fructose corn syrup, but not too much. But again, a sulfame K is the magic ingredient. Wow, Sunkiss 10. I'm looking it up. I'm looking at pictures of the bottle. Is that a Dr. Pepper product or 
Let me see. Who who makes Sunkiss 10? Dr. Pepper Snapple Group product facts. Okay, we just found out who bought whom. Thank you very much, Joe. Very interesting. I got to get yeah. one of those. Reza Sudagar, I know you just got off a plane from somewhere about 22 and a half seconds ago. Where were you? Where are you now? And what are you drinking or thinking about? I was flying from, from Los Angeles, um, and uh, I'm in San Francisco right now having a Nespresso uh, drink, um, actually Nespresso Gold. I highly recommend it. Nespresso Gold, what is that? Well, these are these uh, little capsules that you put in, yeah. put in a machine, and you have different right. flavors. Today I'm trying the gold version. Interesting. I, come uh, all I have... the way from Lausanne in Switzerland. <laughs> Very nice. I have a Keurig. I wonder if they make a gold, although I get them in every conceivable and inconceivable brand of coffee. I'll look for the gold. Thank you very much. Well, as Brandon Reza know, and Joe probably doesn't know, they don't let Bonnie have caffeine drinks on radio show days. <laughs> so I've got a glass of nice, cool, clear, filtered water, and I have a pink straw. That's my party in a cup. It's a pink straw, and I'm going to hydrate so I can keep up with the three of you. Our topic today is social gets serious. Customer experience management tools when we come back brent leary has the honor of helping me kick off and kick up the power here on our roundtable discussion we're going to talk a little bit about the study about some statistics about who's working for whom where and what employees think about all this social get serious and how they're doing their jobs in this big game called customer engagement i'm bonnie d graham you're listening to digital world with game changers radio presented by sap if you're keeping track it's episode number nine in our mini-series we're on every other week. And a shout out to the sponsor and organizer here. It's Brad Borkin at SAP. Hi, Brad. I see you on Twitter. Anybody wants to tweet our panelists' words of wisdom, we are tweeting live now at hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. And you know what that spells. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. My Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The digital world is moving faster than ever, and the future will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. The definition of future success is being shaped by many factors, such as more digitally demanding employees, customers, and partners, an increasing variety of digital devices, resource scarcity coupled with data abundance, and extensive business networks and complex supply chains. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how the digital world can lead to a better future for everyone. Digital World with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Digital World with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show using Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Digital World with Game Changers. Here we are, and we're back. And my panelists today are Brent Leary, 
Joe Hughes, Reza Sudagar, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be even after the show. So there, Brent Leary has graciously agreed to help me start the roundtable. And Brent, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about this study that you did, the one that uh, you and Joe have worked on, I believe, and Joe was mentioning before. And then we'll kick off the roundtable with the first point we want to bring up. Employee satisfaction is important in finding success with social service efforts. So Brent, give us a little background, please. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is actually the fifth year that uh, we've done uh, this study, and it has different names in its incarnation. It started out as the Social Customer Engagement Index, and, and now it's more of the Social Customer Service Index. Uh, but it's been something that SAP has been partnering with Social Media Today over those years. In 2015, we had a great pleasure of adding uh, Joe and EY to the team here. So we've just been trying to figure out and understand how companies have been integrating uh, social media into their customer service efforts over those years. And so this year was really interesting um, in a sense. And I'm going to go back to the Jeff Bezos quote. This is going to mm-hmm. tie it together here. And we talked, you know, Jeff talked about the, the uh, hosting parties and, and trying to create better experiences. And, of course, the end, the end goal is to try to make this a, a great place for customers so that they come back over and over again and, and have good experiences. Well, part of the, the folks that make it happen are the employees, of course. And so uh, what we found in this study is that uh, 40% of uh, the folks who took the survey, and about you know right close to 1,000 folks right on the, uh, on the dot mm-hmm. took it, what we found is that 40% said that they are uh, seeing, their company is seeing, very positive impact on their goals and objectives from their social service efforts. That means 60% aren't. (laughs) And and there's kind of a big difference between just being satisfied with company efforts or or having seen satisfactual uh, impact versus very positive impact. And one of the things that we saw was that uh, folks who are at companies where they say they are very happy, very satisfied with the company's efforts in this area, they seem to be doing a lot better in terms of getting very positive impact for, on their goals and objectives. And so I wanted to dig into that a, bit, a little bit because that basically is saying that employees want the company to do as much as possible so that they can provide the best service to the customers who are, whose expectations are growing tremendously. So if you look at things like uh, you know being able to get – uh, get answers to questions quicker, uh, being able to have more say in the strategy and have more people involved throughout the company in the overall implementation of social support, mm-hmm. those who are very satisfied give those things high scores. And then those folks who are very satisfied are more likely to see very positive impact. We have a, a full report that we'd love for people to check out, but the bottom line is if, you, if the employees are happy with the company's efforts, they're going to be, you're going to see much more positive impact on goals and objectives when it comes to customer service. Thank you, Brent. A quick question for you before I bring in Joe and Reza to comment on this this wonderful start to our roundtable. Brent, is there any uh, generational data about the participants? I'm wondering if the employees who were really gung-ho about social activities were in the younger set. I'm talking the M generation, of course, the Emmers, the millennials, who now want to call themselves the yawn generation. That's a whole other show we won't get into right now. And I did see somebody playing shuffleboard in a local park, and I thought of the yawn generation who claimed that they prefer shuffleboard over 
being in bars. What can I tell you? Uh, it looked like fun. So is there any generational data? Are, the, are these younger employees who grew up cut their teeth in, in the digital economy? They're digital natives. They say, yeah, social is it. Or is this coming across the board from all employees of all ages and generations? Any data? So we didn't ask uh, the, the folks who took the survey how old they were. But we did ask about how long had their companies been involved with using social from a customer service perspective. And there's definitely a, a trend. The longer that they have been involved, the longer their company has been using social from a customer service perspective, the higher their uh, impact on customer goals and objectives seem to be. So I, I, that that's the only you know, piece that we can definitely say – uh, we found in the survey. Maybe next year we'll we'll start asking these folks. Cause that's actually really interesting to see if if it's millennial driven or if it's actually across the board. I, I tend to believe that maybe it skews a little higher towards them, but as the years go on and as uh, folks, you know, the older generation gets more comfortable using these things, they're going to be right there with them. Thank you very much. I, I think you're right. I agree. But I'd love to see that generational data. Joe Hughes, you were part of this. Talk to us. What do you think? Well, so one of the other things that uh, was noticed was the not enough companies had a a process for leveraging customer insights or uh, across the organization, and so this was a surprising finding because while social might have been new, we asked you know about social and customer service, but what we found was seventy percent. Um, you know, did not have a formal process for leveraging customer service insights from any channel. Um, and that is, uh, was a surprising finding, and it's a critical finding, um, because what's happening in the customer service, any channel, um, can influence what's going on in the product, can influence knowledge management, can influence, um, you know, how you interact with the customers. And, and that was, like I said, surprising. You would expect that at least the call center, what was going on in the call center, was reasonably well distributed. Um, but the good news, bad news is it 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 isn't. Um, and now we have more of a reason to do it because what happens with social and community data and call center data. So, um, you know, again, this is you know people saying I need to do more. Help us do more. How do we get this information across the company? Uh, on a regular basis as opposed to just when a, a, a crisis. Obviously, the information travels when there's a crisis in most companies, but it's the non-crisis communications that need to travel that um, may yield some you know, interesting insights and some answers. And I think the other thing to, is important is sometimes folks do a one-shot look at their social data or they do a one-shot look at their um, customer service data and you may or may not find insight that one time you look, but but the technology exists um, and the processes exist that you can keep looking all the time at minimal cost because, um, you, you know, you never know when the next insight or issue or something will come out um, from your customers. Thank you very much. Reza, we've got a couple topics on the table here from Brent and from Joe. Why don't you comment on whatever is top of mind for you? Let's keep this you know, going. What, yeah, one comment I really want to make here is uh, regarding the distinction between B2B and B2C businesses. Because when we talk about social, 
Uh, many companies tend to immediately uh, kind of say, well, we are in a B2B business. Let's say I'm a, I'm a heavy equipment manufacturer. Social doesn't really apply to me. One piece of information, a piece of research that came out from Google last year, uh, when you look at the B2B influencers, people who purchase, people who deal with customer service on the customer side, right, uh, 72% are under the age of 45. 48% are under the age of 34. That's, that's really uh, uh, important to notice because these folks, they are looking for a consumer-type experience even in their business setting. When they deal, when they pick up their phone and call a customer service uh, center to deal to help uh, fix um, a, tr- a tractor, they are expecting the same type of experience that, that they have when they go to Amazon's. They want to have web chat. They want to have social channels because that's how they have grown up. And that's really important to, to uh, the, bring out that this is not only a B2C discussion. It is across the board. It's generally across pretty much any segment you look at. Thank you. Brent, since you started this, I know we've gone in a couple of different directions here, so I'm, I'm trying to weave these threads together. Any comment from you on where we started, and then I'm going to move to something in Joe's notes? You know, I think it's just uh, the the thing that to keep in mind as you go through the process, and if companies are just getting started, or if they're been involved for a number of years, you can't overlook the importance of having uh, the employees be a part of the the, the strategy and, and not just the implementation, mm-hmm. because they're on the front lines. They're the ones engaging with with customers. And if you want this thing to be successful or as, as successful as possible, you have to get them involved from all perspectives. Thank you. That's a perfect segue for me to go to something in Joe Hughes' notes. Joe, I'm looking at your comments you sent me before the show, and I, I have some place I'd like to take these. So you say social must be important because every, an important cause. Everybody owns it, but this has led to confusion and a lack of cross-channel coordination. And let me read the next sentence, and then you can dive in. You say, in the study, customer service was shown to report to the CTO, the COO, the CSO, the CMO, the CCO, chief customer officer, the chief communications. we got a lot of CCOs in here. Well, whose job is it anyway? Who is supposed to be staying awake at night worrying about customer and cross-channel coordination, communication, collaboration? Wow, we've got a lot of alliteration here. Joe Hughes, talk to me. What do you think? So, yeah, it clearly came out in the study that there's, there's no single owner. Everybody cares. But we've, we've kind of gone a little too much the other direction is, is that there needs to be some uh, you know, some bringing it together under, you know, a handful of those people uh, to, to kind of set a direction and to set a process. Um, but we don't want to, you know, it's tricky. We don't want to minimize, to Brent's point, employee engagement. Um, you know, everybody's involved, you know, just like everyone in a car dealership has to talk to the customer. And so um, everyone on social could be on social um, on their own channels you know, uh, talking about the companies. Everybody has to be involved, but we still need to bring in some coordination, um, you know, where uh, amongst, say, customer service and marketing are probably the two that really, to me, ought to be bringing this together in, in most cases um, because that they're the ones that are, you know, really out there driving the customer experience in general, right? I mean, just because it's social 
um, doesn't mean to me the CTO should drive it. Um, just because it's social doesn't mean the COO should drive it. Um, if your normal channels are on the chief customer officer and the CMO um, type folks, those are the folks who should be doing social as well. So I need a little bit of coordination. You know, glad to see that everybody cares and lots of people are involved. And we absolutely want that uh, employee engagement is critical. That's how this scales. That's how this multiplies. But at the same time, um, gather a little bit, and all of us um, clients and customers need to come out with a, with a stronger point of view on, you know, how this should be done and what areas of the company for the rest of the company. Thank you very much, Reza. Thoughts on this? Uh, you know, the, the story around, uh, I, th- I think, the uh, explosion of channels is, is huge. And consistency is, is a big issue when you look at it. Uh, and also, the ability to continuously in, invest in, in, in the channel. If you decide to go on Facebook, you've got to be there. You've got to you know, be there 100% all in and then make sure that that, that dialogue is passed on from channel to channel. Because that's what customers expect. From, from a customer perspective, mm-hmm. when they come, the worst experience they can get is a disconnect between your channels because they don't understand that these are broken down within your company through different silos. It's owned by the, in the one company is owned by the marketing department, it's one, com- one company, it's the service department. Those things are not understood by customers. They see one company, one brand, and actually instead of helping yourself, you can really hurt yourself by creating inconsistencies across these channels. So having the governance, having the, uh, uh, the, the policies, and also the consistency across social, web, and in-store is super important. Thank you. Brent Leary, thoughts? <laughs> yes, all of the above. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing that I could disagree or Sorry for the broad echoed. question. Thoughts, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And anything? What, what do you think about this? Uh, where should customer service report? Joe mentioned all of the the C words: the CTO, the COO, the CSO, the CMO, two CCOs, and marketing thrown in, which is not not another C suite, C chair. Uh, where? Do, what's your vote for where it really belongs? Don't don't hate me, Bonnie. When I say it depends, <laughs> you know. No, it no, really no. That's what we're looking for. Give me give me the shades here. What are the shades? I, well, I think it it really does depend on what the what the business model of the company is, what the focus of the company is, what the structure mm-hmm. of it is, um, and and there's just no one way. I mean, like Joe pointed out, it's not only the, who who uh, customer service reports to; it's also who's involved in you know, making up the overall social strategy. And because we we asked you know, that question in. It was across the board. I mean, you know, most of them definitely had marketing, uh, you know, and, and participating, and to in PR participating, in customer service participating to lesser extent. Um, but we also are looking at who who uh, helps to shape cu- social customer service strategy and who sh- helps to shape customer service strategy. And it was across. It was just you know different uh, pers- different. Um, mixes of 80% here, 20% here, 30% there. And I really do believe it's the, totally dependent on the, the business, the business model, the people involved, and, and where they're trying to go. And it's, there's just no one size fits all with this at all. 
Well, that's perfect. That's, that's what we were looking for. Thank you, Brent. No, I don't hate you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I want to move over to some comments from Reza Sudegar's discussion statements Reza sent me before the show. Let's see. I'm looking at the clock. It's 10.40 a.m. here on the East Coast in New York, and I know that means it's the same time in Atlanta for Joe and for Brent, and uh, that means we have 17 minutes left till we have to close the show, and I want to use this time very well. Reza, a couple of things I'm not sure we brought up yet. I'm going to read a couple of statements, just throw them on the table, and you pick up wherever you want to. Number one, you say social and digital transformation is not about technology. It's about a cultural shift toward transparency, collaboration, and immediacy. Let's just let that sit for a second. Then you say, when it comes to customer service, the most important aspect of social is the power of community. I know you have a couple of good examples. And one more thing, you bring up the aspect that today customer service is more about self-service, less about friction. I loved all these thoughts. I'm going to let you dive into all three of them or wherever you want to take it, and then we'll ask Brent and Joe for their comments. So, Reza, I'm opening the table to you. Talk to me. Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. Listen, I think these three are very much interconnected. Basically, mm-hmm. what we are seeing today is a shift. Uh, uh, the the, the the first version of social media engagement, which was about having a Facebook presence and having a Twitter presence, uh, having the uh, uh, hashtag handle, that is kind of old school. Now, the next step is about engagement. How do you engage with these consumers? What are their needs? How did, what is their preferences? Today, when you look at many studies, People prefer self-service than uh, high-touch call centers. They want to be able to get their problems resolved very quickly, easily, under device, wherever they are. They want to be able to communicate with others who are, who are experts who might have had the same problems that they have had. Uh, and that's how they solve issues. Uh, I give the example of Apple's uh, community. When they uh, released Yosemite, there was a huge, huge issue with Yosemite when people upgraded. The answers were found on the forums. It wasn't through their call centers. It wasn't through their uh, technical reps. P- other people, other experts, have been solving issues, and they were sharing it uh, on the community. And this one issue, which which happened over a weekend, had over 20,000 contributions coming from different people around the world. So that is the new uh, model that we are we are moving towards. So it's uh, when I say it's a cultural shift. I, I think you're seeing uh, people more readily sharing information amongst each other. Uh, the brand's uh, representation is no longer in the marketing, but it's really about how to service their customers, because, and that information is readily available, available to everybody. You can go and spend millions of marketing trying to position yourself a certain way, but the, the way you actually deliver that is very transparent. Everybody knows about it. So... This is the type of environment that we are running our businesses in, and we need to think about how do we enable these four elements of uh, customer experience. And the biggest one, the most important one today, in my view, is convenience of doing business, convenience of getting problem resolved, and convenience of getting from point A to point B. That's what folks are looking for. That's the experience. Absolutely. Brent Leary, thoughts on this? Interesting points from Reza? Yeah, I I think there's uh, this whole idea of the first era of, let's say, social media being used in customer care. Uh, Let's face it, I think it was mostly driven by marketing and PR, and it was all around you know, there's a the squeaky wheel has come to Twitter or Facebook, and and really 
there was as much emphasis on from a marketing and branding perspective as it was from a customer service perspective. But I think as the years have grown on and, and companies have got more experience with how not just social technology, but really the, cult- the, the customer behaviors and expectations of how they've changed and how uh, these social tools have enabled them to grab more power. And then it became more about servicing and experience as opposed to just marketing and promotion. And I think we're, we're really still kind of in the early stages of that transformation and companies really getting it and understanding it. Even Facebook, is, uh, who is definitely was not built from a customer service perspective, you're starting to see how they're broadening their platform. And now that you're able to, you know, Facebook Messenger now has integrations with certain chat functionality uh, so that, you know, customers or vendors can talk with their customers in that channel because, let's face it, there's, what, 600 million active monthly Facebook users and mm-hmm. uh, mobile, uh, on the mobile. And Facebook Messenger is, is definitely one of those communication channels that, uh, has been mostly for friends and family, but now co- companies are starting to figure out how can they uh, provide uh, the right kind of information in that channel to, to you know, provide better customer engagement. And you're seeing them broaden it out, and, you know, you're seeing uh, customer service folks see response rates from things that are coming on, on Facebook. So it's not just the companies, but it's also the platforms that are beginning to deepen and provide the kind of um, technology that will allow companies to talk to customers in the way that they need to going forward. So I, I totally agree with what Reza was saying, and I think um, in a couple of years from now, we're going to be on to different levels of engagement that are being baked in from a service perspective. Well, you got to save that for the crystal ball predictions round, Brent. But, Brent, I'm looking <laughs> at your notes here from the report, and I have to bring in another Jeff Bezos quote. I think this is the penultimate, the goal of everything we're talking about. Here it is. The best customer service is if the customer doesn't need to call you, doesn't need to talk to you. It just works. Is that what we're really, the goal really is? It's not, it's people doing their jobs, the company doing its job, the products and services and solutions being good, the customer service behind the scenes, answering all of the needs responsively so that you don't need that call, whether it's an angry call or anything. It just, it just should work. Do you agree with that, Brent, and then Joe, and then Reza? Well, let's put it like this. I've been a, a uh, Amazon customer since 1997 or thereabouts. I bought books. I bought CDs. I bought computers. I bought just about everything on Amazon at this point. I have never called Amazon. I have never spoken to anybody at Amazon. There you go. And it's just because it, it, they provide the things that I need in such a way that I don't need to ask for it. And I think there's always going to be instances where people may have to call and and need help. But I think it's also a case of how do we leverage all this information that uh, from, Mm -hmm. from website visits to purchases to whatever and look at it and try to figure out ways to provide easier things, easier opportunities, easier service, predicted service. And we should always be trying to do as much as we can to, to remove that call or at least lessen those calls. And I think that's what every business is going to have to do going forward. There you go. There's the goal. There, There's the touchdown. Joe Hughes, thoughts on what we're talking about? Um, yes, but in a different way in the sense that mm-hmm. if you also look at Amazon, the most important feature of their site is the ratings and reviews. So guess what they're doing? Yes. You may not complain necessarily on the product 
because it just works. In fact, what you pick and it gets shipped to you, and I'm also a Prime member. But at the same time, from the get-go, ratings and reviews and, and fostering dialogue amongst customers with each other and Amazon customer service has been absolutely critical. So, so it's important not to take Jeff Bezos' quote the wrong way, which I mm-hmm. think Apple has done, which no. is my product's going to be so good, I don't need to participate in my communities. Um, and, and I think, you know, you, you look at all the Apple community forums, there's not a lot of traffic until a million people start to scream. And, you know, it's bitten them before, maybe it hasn't bitten them right now, but that kind of stuff comes back. And so that's what I, I think the difference, his product works. That's important, so you don't need to call customer service. But it also, part of it working is the dialogue um, that he fosters, and even then they're continuously improving that. So, uh, for example, we pointed out to Amazon last week how critical the value of those reviews are in people buying to products. We said that to them three years ago and that trolls were starting to appear and cause issues and false reviews and people getting paid for reviews. And so Mm -hmm. Amazon last week, in fact, just announced a new machine learning algorithm they're going to apply um, in addition to Amazon verified purchases to try and get control of bad reviews. So um, that are just really people throwing rocks for no reason or one product company actually trying to diss the other guy's product to drive sales. So, so again, I guess that's my, my interpretation of, yes, the product has to work, but the same guy who said it has been encouraging dialogue amongst his customers as if he ran a mom-and-pop store from day one. And I think that's where everybody needs to go. Yep. Yes. Yes. R- really, really good point. Reza, got to get you in on this. Thoughts? Agree? Disagree? Anywhere you want to go. You know, I, I, Joe brought up a great point around these communities, and I think that's the future uh, where you thought because no company can can scale up and provide as much content, as much insight as their, their customers can. Right. So the the reviews that we just discussed, or the the problem solving issues on on the uh, Apple sites, that is all driven by their own com- by customer communities and are sharing their information, um, and that really creates this environment where they don't have to call you, right? And on the other side, I don't think if your business wants to scale up from just the numbers and sense perspective, uh, if you want to scale up, you cannot rely on the old ways of high touch solving problems and engaging customers over call center type environments uh, and having products and services that are uh, uh, at a standard that requires everybody to call you on a regular basis. That's just not going to scale. It's not a good business model. You won't be profitable. And today, digital, social, communities, all this provides us the ability to provide a frictionless customer service environment where customers are happy, they get a good, great experience, they get value out of the products that they purchase, and companies can invest in the right places where they need to. But they, they can deliver the convenience that everybody's looking for, which is Thank don't call. <laughs> don't, I don't want to call you. I don't have a problem in the first place to call you. <laughs> Thank you. Guess what, guys? It's time for us to slide into home plate. Uh, Brent, you're a baseball fan, aren't you? Or what's your for- sport of choice? Uh, I'll just say all of the above. All. Baseball, okay. Football, just get, basketball. 
give you a little, a little clue on Meet the Visionary Game Changers this Thursday. In this time slot, 10 a.m. Eastern, I'm interviewing the co-skipper and co-founder of the SAP Extreme Sailing Team and Chris Burton, who's head of sponsorships. We're going to talk about technology and sports and sailing faster than the speed of the wind. You might want to listen into that one. There's a little promo for you. Brent Leary, <laughs> guess what? We're sliding into home place, home base, home base, whatever the goal line is in the sport of your choice, my friend. And I'm going to ask you, it's time for our crystal ball predictions. I've got four and a half minutes left to divide among the three of you. I'm going to give you each 60 seconds on the clock. I love the year 2020. Brent, I don't know what your future year is for predictions, but I'll tell you, Brent Leary, 60 seconds predictions. Tell me how far you're predicting. Seriously social, go. Well, I'm just going to go a couple of years out. I'm not going to go too far out. Um, I'll go to 2020, but this whole idea of uh, the mobile wallet, I think, uh, where you know, a lot of people got excited about mobile payments when Apple came or with uh, Apple six and six plus devices, and people could just hold their phone up and you know do transactions. The the real thing here is uh, how do you use just not just payments, but how to use the overall phone as a platform for full engagement to replace some of the other things that we've been using in the past. And so you're seeing companies like Men's Warehouse. Uh, they're they're finding ways to send out email, have mobile coupons in the email, have a button that says save the wallet, and that that content goes from an email onto the phone, which has a much more higher uh, rate of actually being used. And so you're seeing companies figure out strategies to, to do more and more engagement through the phone to replace other aspects of life. And I think service is going to be another one of those aspects. How do we leverage the full in, the full power of the phone and these devices to engage and create customer experiences on the support side? Thank you very much. Brent Leary has spoken. Time for Joe Yu. 60 seconds predictions. How far out are you able to take us? Joe, go ahead. Hi. I, I just I think I'll take us out three years. Um, uh, in the next three years, the uh, – on all sites, identity management is going to become so critical, um, social and non-social, mm. that um, everybody's going to head in the direction of Touch ID, um, whether it's Apple's or someone else's. Um, this fingerprint readers are finally going to come full full circle on every transaction because we keep seeing instances after instances of security breaches. Um, no matter how good your firewall is, all it is is it takes one bad employee inside the company. You see debates with, you know, Facebook trying to hold the line that you've got to use your real name because if you use your real name, that, you know, makes you responsible for what you say. And so what's, what's going to happen, um, and also ease of use and convenience, it's just hard to beat the fingerprint ID, and it's, it's a physical aspect as opposed to trying to remember passwords. We're all getting told to write more and more complicated passwords <laughs> with multiple characters um, that can't be typed easily on mobile devices. Um, and, you know, social as well as everything else is, you know, my prediction is everything's going to move very fast now into the fingerprint ID direction. Thank you very much. I saved 60 seconds for Reza Sudagar. Predictions, go. When it comes to customer service, uh, I, I think what we will see over the next two, three, three years is, that, is a focus on in-product support services that integrate with 
your social, your chat, uh, anything else that, that you offer from a, from a channel perspective where a product is smart enough to send information back to the, uh, uh, to the company about how it's being used and the user has the ability to, to solve problems on their own within, within the product itself. Uh, if you'll see this already, you're seeing this in software-type products delivered on, on in forms of apps on phones. I think you will see more, more, more of that uh, becoming kind of mainstream across uh, across the other products that people are using. Thank you very much to my three extraordinarily smart, insightful, and engaged panelists, Brent Leary at CRM Essentials, Joe Hughes at EY, Reza Sudegard, SAP. Shout out to Brad Borkin, not only is he a series sponsor, he's a serious social guy who does great tweets at hashtag SAP Radio. Go check him out. And thank you to whoever is behind the handle, SAP underscore CRM, for all of your great tweets capturing our panelists' words of wisdom. I'll be back one hour from now, believe it or not, with another live show this series is meet the let me see who we got today we have industry cloud i know it's belgium it must be thursday industry cloud trends with game changers we're talking about telcos telecoms to some of you and how they're responding to the changes in the ifrs reporting very deep topic very interesting if you ever used a phone you want to hear this one they're looking for new ways to do business thank you again to brad borkin for putting together this great panel brent leary hugs and kisses to your mom we're thinking of her and thank you to brad and the business channel team at world talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you in another hour. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Digital World with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.